This is the Cover 2 Podcast with Don Banks and Nick Stevens. Brady on the deep drop, stands in, fires down the middle for Gronkowski, makes the grab at the 45, spinning away from defenders. He's gone to the 20, to the 10, to the 5, to the end zone. The Cover 2 Podcast on Patriots.com. The play fake and the throw to the end zone for Antonio Brown, touchdown Pittsburgh. Nobody covers the NFL like the guys from Cover 2. Eight different receivers have caught a pass. Matt Ryan today is looking to throw again. Wide open, Julio Jones has it, and in the end zone, touchdown Falcons. Now, Don Banks and Nick Stevens. Nick, I love that song. I almost thought I was in the visiting clubhouse of the Yankee Stadium there for a second. Troll power set to 11. At least. It was a... That's a bold move. Even after the game, Pedro Martinez said, I would have won, maybe popped some champagne, and gotten out of there. But that's okay. They wanted to do that because they felt they were due a little payback after all rise. That's right. More like... All be seated. How about played it on his boombox coming out of game two at Fenway? How about if you're a first year Red Sox fan, you think every celebration has to take place in Yankee Stadium? That's right. That's a great precedent to be set. That is. A That's how thing. I want my kids to be raised, knowing that the Red Sox do their best celebrating on the infield of Yankee Stadium. Don, we never celebrated there my entire life, and then all of a sudden now, that's where we Routine. do all our celebrating. All right, welcome to the cover two podcast we could not resist that cold open with a little sinatra god love the red sox they trolled the yankees last night in the winning locker room with that song as they were getting ready to pop the corks uh a bleary-eyed bleary-eyed uh cover two podcast today but i don't mind do you nick stevens no i got a little celebration voice going on and i think it's warranted on post yankee defeat beautiful wednesday oh by the way um aaron boone you're welcome for 2003. That's right. Got you back, buddy. Uh, and Craig Kimbrell, you know what you did. Ugh. You know what you did. I, I will say this. Uh, first of all, we had a great show coming today. Chris Collinsworth, NBC Sunday Night Football color analyst, is going to be with us to uh, hype up the game that needs very little hype. Chiefs at Patriots this coming Sunday night. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> 5-0 and 3-2. Don, I currently have legitimately the greatest first world sports problem. I got game two of the ALCS, first pitch 709, and then I got the game of the week, possibly the game of the year in the NFL, kicking off at 820. They're both taking place in Boston. I don't care what That's sports brutal. Bar- it is brutal. And I was planning on watching Pat's Chiefs here. But then I'm thinking, but I can't take my eye off game two because that's pivotal. It looks like I, this is a good Friday to give my two weeks. It's yeah. been a pleasure, boys. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. Like the, Remember 2013, Boston sports fans will remember. Yes, indeed. The Ken Brell Tompkins game. Yep. At least that was Pat 8 Saints. o'clock first pitch, and Pat Saints was 425. So, was it? I thought it was yes. even a 1 o'clock. No, it was a 425 game, so that ended. 
And just as you finished your celebratory Kenbrill Tompkins Brady touchdown beer with five seconds left in that game, first pitch, and of course we had nothing to celebrate till about ten thirty, ten forty five. I remember when Poppy that well. hit the grand slam. Remember it well. Actually my two sons were at that that Kimbrell Tompkins game and then oh. killed time over at Patriot Place waiting for me to finish and we were in the car when Poppy hit the slam. Listening on the radio. I mean I mean that that that's one of those nights. That's one of those as a Boston sports fan or Sox fan or Pats fan. You remember exactly what you were, where, where you were, yep. and what you did. Yep, and oh, and man. you know that cop is retiring this year. I uh, met him. I took a picture, obligatory picture with sure, him. Sure, sure. I forget his name at the moment, but uh, he's going out a winner. Um, ALCS. Yeah, it's a good problem to have. Um, let's um, let, let's dive in. First of all, I think Alex Cora had a spectacular two days in New Ooh. York. I mean, I had a couple quibbles, but. He hit what? What did he hit? About eight eighty-eight in, in his moves over mm-hmm. the last two games. Yeah, if you were betting on him at the craps table, you just walked away rich. Wow, I, that I, was a roll he was on. I would have let Porcello pitch in the sixth, and I would have pinch hit for Vasquez when we had a chance to put the game away in the eighth. Because mm-hmm. um, you got a very good ba- you got a very good starting catcher who was his backup, and then you even have an emergency. If you're going to carry three catchers and you got all your lefties on the bench mm-hmm. because you correctly flipped your lineup once again and you got Brock Holt over there and you got um, Moreland over there and and you've got Devers well, Moreland's got there. a little bit of a ham jam going on uh sidebar to that Steve Pierce uh wow. I had no idea that you were working out of the TB12 institute because yeah. someone's got, homeboy's got some pliability. That was pliability but you could have once you got that gift from Vasquez once he gave you <laughs> a greater contribution than you could have hoped for a flare, the ultimate, opposite field, the ultimate. No, the ultimate Yankee Stadium oh, home run. 338 feet, sneaks over Giant Judge in right. You've got house money at the catching position, so yeah. that's when you got to put in Leon. Although he no. did a great job keeping Kimbrell's pitches in front of him. In he the, did. In the ninth. He had fresh legs for when somebody was just throwing splitter after slider in the dirt. Craig, I mean, I know you're pumped and jacked, and it was humid, and it's a moment. Can he just get a right hand sweat towel or just use his pants? Because I know. I don't he couldn't get a grip on the ball. Everything that Cora did worked out, and here it was Kimbrell almost threw it all away. I mean, it would have been the biggest crying shame of all time because <laughs> that was me. Actually. That close. That's actual footage or actual audio of me last night. May I also I take particular delight in that I want to say maybe like a week and a half before the season was over as the Sox were wrapping it up. Maybe even the night they clinched, I said, Red Sox fans are going to be really happy when Brock Holt gets a meaningful postseason yeah, at bat. That's true. And people wrote to me, stick to football. You don't know what you're talking about, Fitzy. Baba, you Patriots. Ba-. Oh. Oh, really? He, he was, he was the star. What a hot bat that was. That he's, was unbelievable. He's feeling it. He even took the catcher deep. That was the you know, the beautiful capper to a cycle ever when you take the, the opposing catcher. Catcher deep. <laughs> Um, well, let's first of all admit we were all wrong. We all yep. picked the Yankees. I picked the Yankees in five. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Kevin, Mia Culpa. Mia yeah, Culpa. I picked the Yankees. Yeah, we all picked the Yankees. They seem to be the hotter club. Can we also say, once again, Cora was right about the resting players thing. I mean, although, although I he did got have a series a, win. I did have a good feeling about game three, unlike you two knuckleheads. Yeah, you, you put it 50-50. I yeah. put it 25%. I had it 30%. Yeah. I just feel like Severino can turn into a puddle at any moment. Uh, He's one of those guys he, that has the stuff but doesn't have it between the years quite yet. You mean especially when he shows up late <laughs> and then is throwing BP? Hey, so how did you feel? I loved the Chris Sale move. Loved it. Oh, 
Loved it. I have loved starters coming in as relievers since all the way back in Game 7. Game, was it Game 5? Or game, I think Game 5, the 1995 ALDS. Wow. When Randy Johnson made his first oh, yeah. relief appearance and right. came in and threw about 100 for the Mariners. Yeah. In uh, an, an incredible finale game. And, of course, Tino Martinez flips to the Yankees the next year, and we know how that went. But I love when starters come in and they're just like, he's coming in on all heart. He's going to throw his shoulder out. His elbow could explode at any moment. It, I love it. I thought it. I thought it was a great move. I thought it was like, let's yeah. finish this right here. Yep, I think he knew he had him on the ropes, and this was the chance for the headshot, and he I, went for it. But speaking of troll jobs real quick, yeah. did you guys catch in the ninth inning how TBS re-racked Bucky Dent throwing out the yeah. first yep. pitch? Yeah, I saw it. I was like, really? This is this what we're is doing This is the best here? you guys can do hey, now? I love it. He did it in Game 7 of 04, too. Their, yeah. their, their act doesn't work anymore. No, We've won seven of the last eight playoff games against the Yankees. Like Kurt Schilling says, Aura and Mystique, those are dancers at a strippers. club. Yeah, strippers. And by the way, what Chris Sale did was probably filthier than anything Aura and Mystique ever did at their strip club. <laughs> it was... Uh... That last pitch, that last pitch to Aaron Hicks, the one that just basically pantsed Hicks and then took his lunch money and said, walk home now, son. It was... Wow. If you could have, I mean, if we could have gotten odds. I know you're going to ask him because he didn't finish the game. Ice up, son. Ice up. Exactly. If we could have gotten odds on them winning two in a row in New York to close it out, I mean, we would have cleaned up. There's no way I should. Yeah, they were, they were sizable underdogs uh, both evenings. They yeah. were basically, you had, if you bet $100, you'd bet, you would have won like $125 to $135. They had won seven straight home playoff games. Remember, they, they mm-hmm. swept all three against the Astros last year. They 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 beat the Indians when they had to, mm-hmm. um, and we went in there and twenty to four was the collective score. And now somewhere, that Oakland A's fan who had beer dumped on him in the playing game last week is just laughing and <laughs> laughing and laughing. It was a pretty it was a it was a pretty sweet watch until the ninth inning. Then it was literally I'm I'm not making this up. My wife is. Uh, in about an hour, undergoing root canal this morning, but I feel like she already went through it last night. Oh, she's been through the hardest part. Of the week. She's had the worst part of her week. Drill sound effect. Some Yikes. some some guy that uh, I'm friends with on Twitter, uh, actually, it was four to one going tonight. Said it's over. Congrats, the better team won. And Don Banks. I said no, no, no. I said, have you not watched Kimbrel in the ninth inning? I said, yeah, this you don't thing get to do that. Is not over at all. And no sooner had I typed those words than mm-hmm. he started self-immolation. Oof. But um, anyway, got something to watch now in Sox world for at least four more games. And who knows? I don't like their chances against the Astros, but you don't know. They could play lights out now with the pressure off of right. the Yankees gone. The the one big question, of course, heading into the series is, what is Core going to do with David Price? Yeah. Right. Does he start or does he become? Do you start him? I don't. Bullpen. No. I put him in the bullpen. No. He excelled against Houston last year right. in the bullpen. All right. I hope he remembers. I hope in, he. And you need a lefty in that pen anyway. You don't right. really have one. I make Evaldi my Not the way two, Erod's been pitching. Right? Evaldi's number two starter. I would. Right. Yeah. And here and here's the other thing about the, the sale price dynamic. Sales stuff speaks for itself. Price, another lefty against a pretty heavily right-handed hitting Houston lineup. I don't think it plays as well. I think you want to get Abaldi and Porcello involved in the series because I think righties are going to be more effective against the Houston bats. That's yeah. a lot of powerful right-handed bats you got there. All right. Again, welcome 
This is not Sox Talk. This is the Cover 2 podcast. Thank you, football fans. We for... are, we're, thanks for indulging us. We are going to be talking NFL football. Chris Collinsworth is going to be by in just a little Screw bit. Screw the Sox. Let's talk some football. There's Freddie. Sorry, Freddie. You're, you're, you're on our turf now. Yeah. Um, week 5 review, very quickly. I have decided that the NFC East is the equivalent, to get back to baseball, of the AL Central. Uh, the Eagles are going to win it. They're going to right the ship. Mm-hmm. But they don't look good. They're two and three. Now they need a running back with a Jai out. Um, that whole division is a mess. Not good. It's cry, Eagles cry this week. Yeah, you, don't, <laughs> you don't even get past the opening drum roll. I heard Colin Cowherd had a really good take on it this week in that he said what's happening with the Eagles is what happens to so many teams that win the Super Bowl and then they have that offseason and then they come back and the magic doesn't just magically yeah. return and then he spun it into – and what's happening to the Eagles is just the latest something that reminds you how what the Patriots have been doing for now it's almost remarkable. two decades is just unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it is. I mean, the victory lap went on forever in Philadelphia, and I do not begrudge them um, at all. But I don't know how you, you stay as sharp as you need to stay when the victory lap goes on for six months. Right. I mean, it really was the longest celebration maybe only the Washington Capitals and, and the offseason is shorter there they the Eagles clearly were still taking bows into the preseason and right. it's 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 tough I still think they're gonna they'll they'll figure it out and they're gonna be the cream that rises the top but man right now Wentz is wrapping up his preseason yep. Jeffrey's just rounding into four this is his preseason now as well Zach Ertz looks like he's in midseason form that defense needs to gel because they do have some new parts their secondary is kind of a mess and they need a starting running back. I'm very curious now that Ajayi has torn his ACL and is out for the season, who they make a move for. Well, LaShawn McCoy was the headline see, yesterday, seems right? Seems like it makes all the sense in the world. Chip Kelly's gone. Right. Right. Yeah. They could You can be Eagles fans and be like, I've been waiting years to put this back on. They could bring Deshaun Jackson back. Who knows? Um, how about those Browns? Huh? The 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 prediction that they might go five hundred is on track. They're two, two and one. They have played three overtime games, and you know it's so crazy. But they're not that far from four, four and one, or four zero oh and one, or five and zero. Oh. I mean, this is a team that it's not pretty, but they're in every game, and they it goes right down to the end. Yeah, I, I, I think five hundred, five. I think they could surpass it. Yeah, they've they've had a legitimate shot to win every game they've played so far. Yeah, and Hugh Jackson with the fingers enough with the holding up the like the two and. <laughs> Can't Betty can't wait to get all three fingers up this week. <laughs> good lord! I mean, what? How good would they be? In, in I know. Are they, are they in spite of him? If they had a a legit, real coach, legit. Head Don't coach. even put Belichick in there. Put pick like a mid level coach. Just even put Todd Haley in there, maybe. Sure. Put yeah. Bill O'Brien there, and I bet they're a better team. Yep. And uh, I don't know about you, but my fraud alert. Uh, went off with the Dolphins and the Titans in uh, in Week Five, but especially the Dolphins. They they seventeen uh, nothing. They blew a game in Cincinnati that they had in the bag. Tannehill turned back into the turnover Tannehill, and boy, that's the kind of loss I think that is going to just it, it. You start pulling on a thread, and then the whole thing unravels. Yeah, and Patriots, of course, back in first place atop the AFC East. That took a. So that's time. wow, that took a real long time. But it's not to say that that's guaranteed that they're going to just be able to hold on to right. it all easy squeezy because the next two weeks, I mean, we know what's coming up this Sunday night on the sniff here at Foxborough. And then the week after, road game doesn't look that much easier having to travel to Chicago to take on the rejuvenated Bears. Oh, I agree. And um, 
You know, we it seems like half the league right now is underachieving. The Falcons at one and four. The Packers are in trouble. The Vikings win a big game, but they they they're, get two two and two two and one. They're going to hit their stride. The Vikings that's that's a good team. Yeah. That is a good team. Bron- Kirk Cousins is balling out. He really is. I mean, he's worth. I'm sorry. He was a he was a good move. He's playing his butt off for that team. They've got issues. He's not one of them. Uh, and then the Giants. Uh, we haven't talked about the Beckham drama, but that was again. That's not what they're paying for. They're not paying for the guy G-Man. who goes on ESPN and basically throws his quarterback some yep. shade, throws his coach some shade. Yeah, new and, coach. That's great. Great way to start the relationship off. Question and, the play calling on national TV next to your rapper buddy. Yeah, and talk about how nice it would be to play in L.A. or live in L.A. and 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 the cold gets to him. I mean. That was that was almost like the. the then why did you resign? He hit. Why did you resign? He hit for the cycle in terms of what not to say. He could have demanded a trade in the offseason to the Rams. He'd be out there right now. I'm sure, Brandon Cooks would have been grateful to get shipped off to the Giants or maybe even still be in Foxborough. Uh, Lil Wayne, by the way, uh, little known fact is we head into the ALCS. Red Sox fan. Is that right? Yes, we can count uh, Don uh, a lot of your favorites. Uh, Steph Curry, big Red Sox fan. Wow. Uh, and also, I know you're a regular listener to Cardi B. Uh, heard of her. She as well. Red Sox fan. Wait a minute. She's from like the the Bronx or She Queens was shouting it out last night on, on, right? the, on the IG and the Twitter like, oh, y'all know I've been a Red Sox fan from way back in the day. It was good to see Spike Lee all upset when they left oh, in CC last night. Oh, it's so bad. Hey, Spike, do the right thing. <laughs> Go home. And get some new glasses. Um what the about, other, what the about, other thing that jumped out at you about week five, yeah. where did that Jets offense, that ground and pound, come from? Three hundred Isaiah Crowell with the 220 spot on the, on the, on the ground. And then Kevin Light on his and, uh, and Robbie Anderson, Robbie Anderson just coming out of nowhere as the deep threat. They had 500-plus yards against the Denver Broncos, another team that's in some serious trouble. Oh, we could, if we wanted to play uh, – if we wanted to play, what do they say in the hospital? Like, call it, you know, like, call it doctor. If we wanted to play call it doctor with Don Banks, I would say the Broncos, you can call it. Yeah, and I. President, we need a national guard. <laughs> we need as many men as you can spare because we are killing the Patriots. That's why I, I, I would, can never look at I would say Sharp. Vance Joseph is number one on my um, uh, hot seat list at the moment. Has you know what? John Elway. Yeah, right. Guy, you haven't been able to draft a quarterback. You got by with an amazing defense when Peyton Manning couldn't throw the ball further than 20 yards straight. And we all we said, we called Kirk Cousins to the Vikings because it was the most logical fit, and he went with Case Keenum and tried to sell us on that bill of goods. That was a magical year last year where the supporting parts enabled Case Keenum to se- seem or look better than he, I believe he was or actually is. And this is who Kate again, my full Denny Green voice, Case Keenum is who we thought he was. That's right. And we signed him to a two-year deal. And he finally threw another TD. And we let him off the hook. Thank you, Denny. Yeah, he finally threw another TD last week, his first since week one. So Case Keenum is reverting back into pumpkin, kind of the journeyman quarterback that he was. Great backup. Before he had the magic fairy dust sprinkled on him last year in Minnesota. Um, How about that? Now, the Kansas City Jaguars game. Yeah. Now Weird game. Yeah, we got to try we need to get we need to get our our everything straight on exactly what this Jaguars team is because supposedly they score more points and they're a better team when Fournette is out. They've they, been yeah. averaging thirty points the last three four games. Yeah, they're more diverse. Exactly. 
And so now they come in. Blake Bortles goes back to the Blake Bortles pre-2017 AFC Championship. Pre-2017 playoff run, we should say. Right. Throwing balls that are hitting linemen off the back of the head, missing people by five <laughs> yards, fumbling. Just an absolute didn't dog and pony didn't show. Didn't Tannehill do that as well? Uh, didn't he throw an interception off of somebody? Or was that only Bortles on week, in week uh, five? I don't think Bortles threw it off of somebody. I knew he doinked a few off his own players. Tannehill may have done that. Tannehill's exactly n- not the best guy also on uh, shotgun snaps, too. Yeah. It, it, uh, it really kind of, to me, I think it set the, the idea that Jacksonville is, is, you know, one of the elite teams. Their defense kind of got pounded and they yeah. did not look good on offense whatsoever all right we want to welcome to the cover two podcast as promised chris collinsworth nbc sunday night football color analyst good morning chris how are you um what's happening man uh happy to be with you we're uh, we're in a little bit of a red Sox hangover haze happy haze here on the cover two podcast but let's talk some nfl football i didn't even see the game last night so what happened so they had a big lead and then they almost blew it or something yeah that's that's a nutshell they were up 4-1 for most of the game uh they took some chances with their bullpen chris sale their number one starter came in in the eighth and then they put their closer in who is a full pack of cigarettes whether you smoke or not and he almost gave it all away <laughs> almost gave it all away uh but they got to party on the uh, Yankee Stadium infield for the second time in three weeks. So, Chris, we have the um, the latest NFL game of the year coming Sunday night at Gillette. Yeah, 5-0 Chiefs, the uh, back-from-the-dead Patriots at 3-2. and two. Um, Quickly, on the Mahomes mania, I, I talked to people in Kansas City and wrote something for The Athletic this week on him. I think the thing that strikes me, I mean, the arms, the, the arm strength and the, and the ability to put the ball where he wants is amazing, but it's his improvisational and creative skills, uh, the playmaking that I think is really people are starting to collect their favorite throws, their favorite Mahomes plays. Can you give me a quick assessment of what you think makes him as special as he seems? Well, he has an unbelievable arm, which forces you to cover – more square footage you know you've got 53 yards wide obviously that everybody has to cover but you have to seriously defend 70 yards of depth and a lot of teams like to play this quarter coverage and when you have guys that can run like Tyreek Hill and it's not 40 yards that you're covering or 45 like a lot of teams with their deep throws but it's truly 70 yards well most sprinters don't get up to full speed until they get to, you know, 25 yards or so. So I, I always thought with wide receivers, they should, they should, it doesn't matter what the 40 yard dash time is because the start has nothing to do with it. And so a lot of really small athletes have great starts, so they have great 40 yard dash times. What great sprinters have is the ability when they're get up to full speed, now what are they at full gallop? Uh, and then the Tyree kills of the world start to take over uh, because between 20 and 60 yards, now they're running at world-class speeds. And, and I think his ability to throw the thing over the top uh, is extraordinary. And, and we saw it the other day, he threw 165 and actually underthrew it. Sometimes he has such confidence in his arm, he forgets how fast Tyree Kill is. Uh, but when, as they begin to work their way through that, 
I think we're going to see more and more against that cover four look, that quarters look. If you want to play that, you're leaving the post open where he could almost throw it to the far pylon and just let Tyree Kill go get it. And then we're going to see some <laughs> over-the-moon incredible kind of uh, plays come out of this bunch. Hey, Chris, this is uh, Don's co-host, Nick Stevens. I'm sure you're as excited as everyone else is for Pat's Chiefs on Sunday night. Uh, yeah, I figure you got some pull with the network. Any chance maybe you can get that game moved a little bit so it doesn't butt up against game two of the ALCS? Just asking for a couple million friends. <laughs> uh, we actually would, would love to have no competition whatsoever. Uh, but it doesn't always work out that way. Great yeah. night, though, to have both TVs working in the house for sure. You know, I mean, that's what, that's the way we all live anyway right now, though, right? I mean, how many times have you ever watched a ball game you weren't on your cell phone and had your iPad on? And so we're used to it. Everybody does it. I, I don't know how they split the television ratings. I will never figure out any of that kind of stuff. But uh, uh, I, I won't completely tell on my partner, but it's entirely possible he might have the game on. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Al Michaels, how we love thee. Now, listen, you and Al obviously are familiar with calling Big Pat's Chiefs games as well. You were here for the kickoff game last year. Uh, you saw what the Chiefs offense, that was even what Alex Smith is capable of with Kareem Hunt in motion, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, who's faster than you. And you saw the last Patriots Sunday night football game in Detroit. Now, the Chiefs may be what they were then and even more so now with old Uncle Rico, Patrick Mahomes, at quarterback. And the Patriots are definitely not what they were when you saw them a few weeks ago in Detroit. How do you think the emergence of Sony Michelle and Josh Gordon gaining Tom Brady's trust is going to show us a different Patriots offense tonight? And, of course, Edelman returning. Well, that's the Tyreek Hill uh, version for them, Josh Gordon. And the play you made, I think, is going to give everybody just a ton of confidence that, there is that deep threat now. I mean, it's not just the quickness of the release and the brain of Tom Brady. It is the possibility of that crazy-ass scramble <laughs> throw to Josh Gordon and go up and get it. Gronk's not healthy yet. Uh, when this team puts everything together, it, they're, they're pretty amazing to watch. And, and I was just doing my tape for our crew, for Fred Gadelli and Drew Esikoff, that I, I do every week. And the first half of that game, I just kept pointing out details of what the Patriots' offense was doing. You know, the uh, when they throw a screen set or screen pass, the outside set of the tackle, so that the defensive end works inside the the fake chip of James White, so that, to further encourage that uh, the the understanding of Shaq Mason and Joe Tooney that when it's man coverage, which guy to go block first. Uh, on the screen passes, uh, you know, and, and the only guy that really wasn't in sync with that offense uh, really was Josh Gordon. I mean, there were multiple times. So they jump out to a very quick lead in, in the first, uh, whatever it was, 14 nothing. Then they come out and they go a three-and-out series. And Tom Brady had been getting the ball out of his hand, like rapid fire, just to totally frustrate the pass rush, right, as, as he does, it seems, to, to start every game. And then Josh Gordon, so then the third series, Brady wanted to get the ball to Josh Gordon. On all three plays, he was staring at Josh Gordon. So instead of this quick release mechanism, he was just watching Josh Gordon and trying to figure out what he was doing uh, because he was going to try to adjust. 
and there were, you know, and, and they just couldn't quite figure it out. So they go three and out, and, and you know, he was trying, he was holding the ball, and it was very un-Brady-like, but you could see he was trying to incorporate them. And then they hit, in the second half, that little dig route over the middle to Gordon, and it was almost like Gordon gained some confidence and Brady gained some confidence. So there were some plays in that, that initial series where Gordon was going down the sideline and Brady sort of scrambled around in the pocket and Gordon just stood there. He didn't know what to do. He just didn't have it figured out. And then in the play that we'll all remember out of that game was another dig route and Brady moving around and buying time, the offensive line doing a great job, and Gordon immediately taking off deep to go for the, for the, the end zone. And I think, you know, ordinarily Brady doesn't throw that ball. There were two people back there doing that. I just think he was so excited that Josh Gordon finally got it, that he finally understood, hey, when I get a little bit of this bonus time, do something. <laughs> just do something, and I'll find a way to get it to you. And then for Brady to be rewarded with a touchdown on a ball that was – he just ordinarily wouldn't throw that ball. I go, uh-oh. I said, I go, just mark this play down in, in 2018 history. This was the first moment that Brady trusted Gordon and Gordon paid it off on a touchdown. Right. And when you start to get that happening with this football team, you know they're going to grow on defense. You know they're going to grow on their offensive line. You know what Edelman is going to mean to this offense. You know Gronk is going to get healthy. I said, but write that moment down because that was the first step in developing trust between Tom Brady and Josh Gordon. Chris Collinsworth, our guest on the Cover 2 podcast with Banks and Stevens. Chris, um, you know, nobody does fast starts like the Chiefs. You know, they're 5-0 and last year. We remember the right. 9-0 and in Andy's first year, 2013. As far back as 2003 with Vermeil, they were 9-0. and They've been 3-0. and It's Groundhog Day. But I want to ask you, does this – feel different because we have seen Kansas City run out to big fast starts and then go flat they've won one playoff game in 25 years does this feel different does Mahomes change the equation enough that you feel like you can trust this chief start well it's all about upside right I I mean I always thought the great thing about the Patriots were um, I, I don't think they've ever overwhelmed with talent. I, I, I just have never felt that way. I never go in and go, oh, boy, these four guys are going to the Hall of Fame. They're just more athletic than anybody else. What you get with the Patriots is depth, uh, and they work on that. They work on that in September, so they play multiple people in multiple roles all over the field, and it can look bad on occasion. It really has, you know, in September, we've seen it look bad. Uh, but then when those key injuries start to hit other teams and they cannot find a backup to replace their Hall of Fame player, um, then you know they start to decline. And as the season goes along, the experience and the multiplicity of the Patriots team starts to expand exponentially. And so that's what you get. You end up with two teams kind of going in different directions. Uh, and, but the Mahomes factor for the Kansas City Chiefs sort of offsets that a little bit. Mahomes, he wasn't very good last week. No, he wasn't. You you watched the game. He wasn't a very – he didn't play quarterback really well against Jacksonville uh, a week ago. But you know he's going to get coached from that and be a better player in this game. And I'm sure a little more focused. You know, I mean, he had to be getting all the attention in the world. 
I, I think the major question about the Kansas City Chiefs is what they're going to be defensively. Right. Um, I, I still think it's a major struggle for them over there. Uh, I'll, I'll, I, they're, they're a man-to-man coverage team. Uh, they want to get down in your face. Uh, if they try and play the, the Patriots man-to-man, I'm going to be surprised uh, because I don't know what's going on with Justin Houston right now. Clearly, when he was out of the game, uh, it was a major impact. D Ford is a speed rusher, around-the-edge kind of guy. So you need that alternate style, and Houston was that perfect alternate style. Uh, you're going to see uh, Tom Brady attack the linebackers of, of uh, the Kansas City Chiefs who have struggled. You know, Are they even going to be able to play Reggie Ragland in this game because he's not really their coverage linebacker uh, down the field? Or you're going to see some of these cornerbacks challenged in a way uh, with pick plays and various things that they haven't been yet. Uh, you're going to see these safeties challenge with Gronkowski. So um, it, there's there's a lot to to ponder on the defensive side uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs offensively. I'm just telling you, good luck trying to cover everything they can do on offense. I mean, Kareem Hunt now is almost an afterthought in this yeah. offense. But Kelsey, I, I don't know who on God's green earth can cover Travis Kelsey. I, I, I don't, and Tyreek Hill, if, if you don't get him at the line of scrimmage, if you don't jam them at the line of scrimmage, you got a problem. And, and, you know, now we're not even talking about guys like Sammy Watkins. I mean, Sammy Watkins, and they can take Anthony Sherman, their fullback, and play him at tight end, and they throw him corner out. So they have weapons everywhere. Uh, the the Tardif injury is going to be a factor, too. Uh, but this is a very, very interesting offense, and I'll be if there aren't a lot of points put on the board this week. I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair assessment. Uh, yeah, Chris, I mean, obviously you know the Patriots very well. Last three Super Bowls you've called, for goodness sakes, have the Patriots. Uh, last question, uh, real quick. Can you give us one player uh, on each team that is sort of a, a surprise impact player that you think may emerge or whose name we may be muttering under our breaths or out loud proudly come Monday morning? That's a really good question. Let me Let me think about that for just one second. Um, I would say on I would say on on Kansas City, a player to watch maybe is the guy that really has not even played that much, but a, a couple of them, uh, Breland Sparks fifty seven and Tano Passanio ninety two. Passanio is a little bit more of the pure pass rusher, uh, and so as you look for somebody to offset D Ford on the other side. You know, a Passanio, a guy that nobody will even know his name, might end up playing a role in this one. And I feel okay having this conversation. Once I start talking to the coaches, I don't feel so good about having that conversation because I don't want to tip anything. But I, I would say he's definitely uh, one on that side. And I, you know everybody on offense for, uh, for the Patriots. On the flip side of that, you know, I, I think – I can't imagine that Gilmore is not going to go with Tyreek Hill. I mean, they did a little bit of that in this last game, um, and that's going to be an unbelievable matchup. I, I mean, it's just, it, I mean, if Gilmore, it, it, he's going to be challenged in ways that he never has, and then the pressure is really going to be on this pass rush uh, for the Patriots. To, you know, <laughs> Gilmore is going to be saying, all right, guys, 
you got two and a half seconds, and if you're not in, in his face in two and a half seconds, we've got problems because then you got to worry about the scrambling of Mahomes uh, and what could come out of some of those wild scramble plays down the field. So I, I and I don't think that's an unknown, but I think Gilmore really wears a heavy hat in this one. All right, wrapping up with Chris Collinsworth, NBC Sunday Night Football color analyst. Looking forward to the game of the year, I think, thus far in the league. 5-0 and Chiefs, 3-2 and Patriots, Sunday night at Gillette. Chris, thanks for all the time. I know you got a conference call, a national conference call today, this afternoon. Thanks for giving us the first crack at it on the Cover 2 podcast. Always a pleasure being with you guys. Take care. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, you know, like, I, I, like last week, for example um, – I mean, really. And I said before when we talked to Al Michaels, talked to Al Michaels a while back, uh, you know, if we had some more time on to ask Chris, you know, how, how his relationship sits these days with Pats fans, yeah. because I know they give him a hard time. And it all goes back to Deflategate when every Pats fan could be triggered about anything around the time of Super Bowl 49. Uh, but it sounds like he se- seems to keep a pretty good equilibrium about the whole thing because he's around the Patriots a lot and he's yeah. around the team and the coaches and he's got to deal with these fans. But last week, who would have known? that a bit of an X factor in a Patriots game would be Eric Ebron and Devin McCourty because Eric Ebron, who lived on everyone's waiver wire in fantasy football for like the past six years, oh, this is his year. This is the breakout year. Kid's got all the potential in the world. He was virtually unstoppable, and Devin McCourty had the most difficult time covering him, and I think that made a lot of Pats fans say, Don, Wow, they got to do something because if if they might have to switch Chung back to the coverage of the tight end because if that's what Eric Ebron did right. to Devin McCourty, right. then what is Travis Kelsey going to do? And, and the other t- Colts tight end was that Swoop. Swoop first play in for him. Yeah. They had signed him that day. Touchdown. Yeah, they had, they had a big night. They, I mean, you, you could tell Luck was looking for his tight ends all night. Um, you know, I I kind of agree that I think. Mahomes kind of changes the equation. You you always feel like Kansas City is a team that's going to have talent, win a ton of games under Andy Reid, and then fall flat. It's really remarkable. This is a franchise that's lost 11 out of 12 playoff games. Their only win was a first-round win, 30 nothing at Houston after the 2015 season. And when you think of all those top seeds that they squandered in 95 and 97, in 2003 they were the two-seed – losing in the divisional round this is a franchise um that is starved for that second super bowl ring it's been what 1969 but i really think that andy reed's doing his best work i i honestly do i looked this up the other day he took the eagles to the super bowl in his sixth year in philly Mm -hmm. this is his sixth year in kansas city already and i i think he finally has the quarterback he he they're not going through a lease, a lease program. Uh, you know, it's not just Steve right. Bono and Elvis Gerback and and um, Alex Smith, Brody Croyle, sure. and, and on and on and on. This this kid's the real deal, and I think it may not happen this year, but I think Kansas City is going to win win something big with this kid. Just when Collinsworth got going on the whole idea of like Kareem Hunt, and when you think about it, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, and they, you know they got Conley, and like he's talking about putting the fullback out in the t- and the tight ends, like. How I mean, the Patriots already are stretched pretty thin and had a you know reasonably difficult time defending the Colts. That game at times felt like it was a lot closer than it was, but I know the Pats got sloppy on offense, and Brady said he thought they should have put up 52. Yeah. Well, I, right. I just don't know how you defend this team. I, I agree. I think, I mean, you, Absolute nightmare. you basically have to pick 
pick who you want to do the damage. You know, you know they're right. going to do some damage, but you're going to try to take take away their best. Isn't that the hallmark though of a Belichick he, game plan? He tries to take away your strengths. Yeah, go ahead. You know, what I'm gonna I'm gonna let Thurman Thomas run wild in the right. Super Bowl. I'm gonna let what was the running back for Denver? Uh, I'm gonna let uh, Terrell Davis. I'm gonna let Noshawn Moreno oh, run no. for 200 and something <laughs> yards in 2013. But Peyton Manning's not beating me on a Sunday night, and it panned out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's look quickly at Week Six. I think Week Six is where it starts to feel like there's a little separation going on, and teams are. We're starting to be able to know who teams really are. Right. Um, and the Thursday night game, uh, Philly at Giants. We already talked about NFC East, but somebody, somebody's going to be in a, a pretty deep hole um, right. losing that game. Uh, the Giants obviously at one and four would be in a much worse position. Philly's at two and three. But if you're Philly and you're two and four coming out of that game, you can't be feeling good. You, you've got you've got some work. I mean, to ten do. and six is probably going to do it for the NFC East. I'm yeah, sure it may. In nine and seven, may no impressive teams. I mean, we're not going to be talking about the Saint. You know, the Seahawks making the playoffs at seven, eight, and one, or seven and nine, or like seven, eight, and one when Carolina did a few years ago. But that's a bad division. Oh, and by the way, I I, I don't ever root for the Eagles to win, but by the same stroke, I would kind of love the Eagles to win, just because that would beget the six months of suffering. The eternal winter oh, yeah. in New York sports. Don't forget, uh, the Yankee Knicks fans. Stink, the Rangers are rebuilding. Yankee fans are giant fans. Jets fans are Mets fans, and oh. yeah, it would be really brutal. And oh. and they're Knicks fans, and yep. the Knicks stink. Oh, uh, what a shame. Yeah, it would be. It would be just a pity. Um, but there's a couple other good games. I think. I think Pittsburgh at Cincinnati is interesting because Pittsburgh, for the first time, put a complete game together last week in beating Atlanta. Yep. Uh, put defense and offense together at the same time and Cincinnati no one's talking about them but at four and one they can score with anybody and then they throw up 24 points in the fourth quarter against Miami at home and boy there's a world they come back world world of difference between four and one and three and two in that case I was high on them Bengals beforehand they got all the tools on offense I know they lost Tyler Eifert but Joe Mixon kind of coming into his own now as the complete back is sort of like the 75 cent Amazon home version of Todd Gurley is a big step forward for that offense as well uh if I had told you you would want to maybe dedicate a lot of Buffalo Wild Wings TV space to Chargers Browns week six hmm. you'd have probably slapped me and said you can resign as co-host of this show right and now this is potential one o'clock best game yeah it really is I, I I've, I've said all along I mean the Browns they may be uh the old Browns for half the game, but the new Browns take over at some point. They're very, they're entertaining and they're they're you know relevant. They're just you you got to watch them because their games are never dull. They're always you know either shooting themselves in the foot or or finding a way to squeak out a win. But yeah, I mean who'd have thunk it that the Browns, the Indians are are eliminated in three, and the Browns are really uh, once again what what Cleveland is fixated on. But I I think. I, I agree with you. I think 500 may even have undersold them a little bit. I can't. At, at, as of recording this on October 10th. 10th, 2018, you cannot rule the Cleveland Browns out of winning the AFC North. No, you can't. Which is mind-blowing. Why? Two words. Make or play field. 12, <laughs> 12, I wonder if Orlovsky has used that yet. 12-9 to 9 last week. Uh, I know that's not going to win you a lot of style points, but um, it seems like every one of their games this year has – has been 12-9 in, in overtime. Um, it's remarkable. they played the same game over and over and over again. The other game that's kind of interesting to me is Jacksonville at Dallas. It's a late game. 
you know, Jacksonville, again, they did not look like an elite team last week in losing easily to Kansas City. And then Dallas, um, they're just one step forward, two steps back. And I think the pressure is now finally reaching critical mass on Jason Garrett. I think he's in real trouble. Dallas's offense is like watching an eight-year-old pick up the controls of a PlayStation and try and play Madden for the first time. Good intentions, no execution, <laughs> not, none, none whatsoever. And Jaguars now, uh, far from desperation mode, but depth-starved and in need of running back help, signed Jamal Charles this right. week. Yeah. Wow. For, for, kind of forgot about him. Yeah. That he was even out there. So what, what has he got left in the tank? But we'll see, I guess. I um, might keep one eye at 4 o'clock as I'm starting to really get nervous and anxious about first pitch and then, of course, Pat's Chiefs. I kind of want the Ravens and Titans. I want one of the two teams to tell me who they are. Yeah. I kind of want one of the – like the Titans especially. Like what an this, – this offense is infuriating. I'm starting to really wonder if Mariota is a pro quarterback. He, he doesn't – I mean, he can't Sorry. put three good, Thank good you, games Mike together. Pringle. I will say this. The Titans, they have, they have won some games they probably should have lost, and this one they should have won. And they found a way to lose. Gave up 13 points to Buffalo. You got to win that game. You got to win that game. And the, the the problem with Tennessee is you don't see their offense isn't going to just start clicking and scoring 27 points a game. It's not going to happen. They're going to have to win. Uh, you know, low scoring, ugly. Uh, you know, about as pretty as a weak old bruise type of games. Yeah. You know, and that's who they are. And and, and it had worked for them, but. I, you know, I think Baltimore can play that kind of football as well. Um, That's what they live for. The other game I wanted to quickly touch on is, uh, you know, we haven't seen Chicago in a couple of weeks, and they're going into Miami. I think if if they are a good team, that's the kind of game they're going to take care of rather than find a way to lose right. and slip back because uh, they've had two weeks to prepare. Miami's reeling. I want to see if Trubisky can kind of build on what he did against Tampa Bay, six touchdowns. You can also run on the Dolphins. And now you've got Jordan Howard rested. They're starting to use Tariq Cohen and get him in space. Khalil Mack with fresh legs. He's hungry. Feeding off Tannehill. The Dolphins on the ropes. Smell a little blood in that water. Yep, absolutely. All right, well, that's a, uh, a wrap on the Cover 2 podcast with Banks and Stevens. Kevin, you know what song I want to hear as we go out today. I hope you know what song I want to hear. For Nick Stevens, for Kevin Collins, our producer, Nick Stevens, our co-host, my co-host, I'm Don Banks. Thanks for joining us again on the Cover 2 podcast, and thanks to Chris Collinsworth of NBC Sunday Night Football. We will talk at you next week. Start spreading the news I'm leaving today I want to be a part of it New York, New York These vagabond shoes Are longing to stay Thank you for downloading the Cover 2 podcast from Patriots.com Second and goal to go from the two. Toss sweep right for James White. Tucks it under the red arm. Cuts it upfield. Driving forward. Diving to the goal line. It's still a touchdown. And a title for the Patriots. I can't believe it. They have completed the greatest comeback 
in Super Bowl history. Log on to Patriots.com anytime for more news and more podcasts covering your favorite team and all things NFL.